0: Well, hey, everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here and welcome to the All Things Podcast, where we gather once a week to hear real life stories about how God works all things together for good, because he is always faithful and always good. Well, hey, before we get this party started, I have some exciting news for you. If you're ready to get your book in front of an entirely new and fast-growing market, an audiobook would be perfect for you. Having an audiobook gives you the opportunity to get your book in front of more people while giving the listener a new way to hear your story in an intimate way. An estimated 131 million people Listen to an audiobook in 2021. And do you know that the people that listen to audiobooks don't read print books? They only listen to audiobooks. So it's a whole new market for you to take advantage of. Leverage the opportunity of getting your book in front of millions of people by having an audiobook today. We can help you create one. Visit RedemptionPressAudio.com for our introductory special. Welcome to today's episode of the All Things Podcast. I am so excited to introduce you to another new Redemption Press author, Sharon Eleanor Todd, and her new book, Arise and Climb the Mountain. When God doesn't move the mountains, He gives you faith to climb them. So before I roll our conversation, I would love to give her a proper introduction. Sharon Eleanor Todd is a writer who resides in Connecticut and spends her summers in the Adirondack Mountains of New York. She is an artist at heart, adventure in spirit, and an Adirondack Park enthusiast. Sharon's passion for hiking has taken her on adventures around the world, including the bamboo forest in Hawaii, the Austrian Alps, the rainforest in Costa Rica, and a four day trek to the ancient ruins of Machu Picchu in Peru. Sharon also finds sweet contentment when she is sitting in her favorite Adirondack chair, watching the sunrise over the lake with a Bible in one hand and a hot cup of coffee in the other. She is passionate about teaching others how they can grow in their relationship with Christ through one-on-one discipleship, ministry, retreats, and training workshops. Sharon's various ministry roles have taken place both globally and locally in hospitals, university, churches, and on hiking trails. She has been writing for over 20 years. Let's roll that conversation. Well, Sharon, it is just a delight to have you here with me today. Welcome to the All Things Podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Athena. It is such an honor for me to be here today. Thank you.
0: You bet. Well, you know, I have a bunch of questions to ask about your brand new book. And before we jump into those, I would love for our audience to just hear from you just how God has been that Romans 8:28 God in your life. So whatever story we've all got lots of stories. So whatever story um, you would like to share with us that just shows God taking something that is hard and bringing good out of it. I just mm-hmm. love to hear that.
1: Yes, yes. You know when I reflect on the faithfulness of God in my life, there are many Romans 8:28 stories. But for today's podcast, I would like to share my call into full-time ministry, which required a dangerous prayer and a deep refinement. Many years ago, I was flourishing in my career at a Christian university when God provided an opportunity to trust him in a deeper way. And even though I was serving in the leadership role that I had worked tirelessly for about 10 years to achieve, I had a sense of restlessness. I had a holy discontent. And I knew that God was about to do something new in my life, something different. I didn't know what it was, though. And so I prayed, you know, and I sought God's wisdom and and it began to become clearer to me. I had more joy and fulfillment when I was discipling women in the college ministry than I was at the position that I had held for a long time. And, And it was confusing for me because, you know, I... This was this was my well-laid-out plan. This is everything I had worked so hard for. Things were going very well. I had favor with the administration. You know, we're meeting our goals, all those things. But for some reason, the Lord was stirring within me. And, you know, he had a different calling for my life. And I, I honestly, I wrestled with him for about two years <laughs> before I finally opened up my hands and said, okay. You know, and so... I vividly remember the day when I stood next to um, it was like a larger-than-life statue of Jesus. It's a bronze sculpture, probably about 16 feet tall. And I just prayed quietly, and you know, even though I had accepted Christ as a seven-year-old, God was inviting me to trust Him in deeper ways. And so I love the Lord, and I want to follow Him completely. And So I earnestly prayed a dangerous prayer that God would break me, that he would heal me, that he would reshape me, that he would teach me and enlist me into furthering his kingdom in whatever way he saw fit. Mm -hmm. Whoa. I had no idea what I was praying. (laughs) I had no idea. And Um, I knew some things had to change in my life. And I thought, well, maybe I'll have a little bit of tweaking, a little refinement. Oh, no. No, God knew I needed a full gutting out of myself. And so he could radically, uh, you know, just renew me within and uh, with his identity and, and not my own. Not my own accomplishments, not my own credentials, not my own education, absolutely nothing. So he did some fine work. <laughs> In my life. And you know, it was a very painful year. And but I can look back and say it was worth it because I he needed to change me and change my heart and and um make me a new person before I was going to be suitable for his service. And I was working in Christian ministry, you know. I was a believer. I I love the Lord. He, you know, the Holy Spirit resided within me. But this sanctification, the jagged trail of sanctification is a journey. And I'm glad that he loves us so much that he doesn't allow us to be complacent. You know, he wants more for us. And so anyway, I prayed. I prayed um, for the Lord's direction. He guided me to a scripture in Mark 8, 34 through 37, which says, if any of you wants to be my follower, Jesus told them, You must put aside your selfish ambition, shoulder your cross, and follow me. If you try to keep your life for yourself, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will find true life. And how do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your soul in the process? And I'll tell you, there's nothing worth losing your soul over. Yeah. I didn't want to. And I just, that scripture just stayed on my heart until I finally, you know, just opened my hands. And so the Lord answered my dangerous prayer with an unexpected season of intense refinement. And at this time my identity was found and I didn't realize it in my career, in my accomplishments and in my marriage. And I became unplugged from all of them at the same time. God never really allows me to do anything in an easy way. It's always the hard road. Um, but my marriage had been crumbling for years, and everything I attempted to do to save it was futile. And while I honored the covenant of our marriage, he did not. And sadly, our marriage ended in divorce. And so, you know, the deeper your loyalty and love for somebody, the greater the grief and loss when the relationship ends. And divorce is a death without a body. You know, it is compounded grief. You know, it's not only the loss of the relationship, even if it was a bad one, but it's the loss of extended family, the loss of traditions, memories, you know, dreams that you had Um, for me also that, you know, to have children. So this was devastating to me and it was not my plan. And I felt as though I had failed as a Christian and as a wife. And it was, I didn't know anybody at that time who, had, who was divorced, you know, at my age. And so, you know, and there was a lot of shroud of shame around, you know, the scarlet letter D that you feel like is on your forehead. And so thankfully, you know, I was in a good church but I'll, I'll, I'll share more about that later. Um, shortly after I moved into my brand new apartment and I was taking a hot bath And I finally let out all the emotions that I had bottled up inside, that I'd been stuffing for a very long time. And just waves of grief came over me and I just sobbed and sobbed and cried out to God. And he met me in such a profound way that night. The Holy Spirit gave me a deep sense of knowing that he loved me completely and that I would not be alone for he is with me. And as I poured my heart out to him, I have never felt more loved by God in that moment, up until that point. Isn't that ironic? So here I lose everything from the world standards. Yep. But I have gained everything because I, I finally know how much he loves me and that he's with me. So the healing and the reshaping process continued through the next year as I immersed myself into reading God's word. I surrounded myself with worship music. Mm -hmm. I thankfully had wonderful Christian friends and I really kept the toxic ones at bay. Yeah, Because when you're in a process of healing and you were a once visible, pretty visible person, not everybody who comes in the, under the guise of care, really cares about you, right? Makes you want to know, you know, kind of your wounds and why you're hurting. So anyway, I am so thankful that I had a great support system of Christian friends, a core group. And um, so those friends and then also my loving church home also came around me. And together we walked through the healing process. I went through care groups. I went through divorce care. Uh, Changes that heal, um, boundaries by Cloud and Townsend. That's a good one. And mm-hmm. I participated in Christian counseling. And I just dove right in because I wanted to know what's my part? What do I need to own? What did I contribute to the demise of this marriage? And there's always a greater offender than another, you know, but um, we all have stuff to own. So I, I needed to own it in order to, to heal and move forward. And that's super healthy that piece right there, because if we blame other, if we, everybody else is
0: always the problem, then we can never see what we need to change.
1: That's right. That's right. And I wanted to undo all of the, the, the unhealthy patterns. I wanted to break free from that. And I wanted to, I wanted to live as a whole person. And so I had a lot of unraveling and, and Uh, lies that I've been believing about myself and uh, lies of not being good enough and fill in the blank. You know, I was I was very hard on myself. And, you know, through the the power of the Holy Spirit, he enabled me to shake off those lies Mm -hmm. and to embrace a bold, unquenchable faith. And I pressed hard into my relationship with Christ. And because of that, you know, my my faith grew even deeper and stronger. And so it was really through the, the cracks of my broken heart when the Holy Spirit came in and realigned my priorities and deepened my faith. And I and I have to say that even though it's something I would never want to do again, it was worth it. It was worth it for the relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. And so I feel so blessed to have experienced God's Roman 828 pattern of turning my pain into his purpose. Over the years, and I'll tell you a couple full circle examples. Um, I needed to reap the consequences of disobedience, my disobedience, before I learned to be steadfast with obedience and to follow Christ no matter what the cost. And he and he gave me a couple more chances to do that. So, which I'll share uh, next time in God's redemptive plan. I was invited. To become the director of care ministry and women's small groups at my church, I didn't know that God was going to do that, and I just marveled, right, at, at the ways that He redeemed my grief for His glory mm-hmm. as I served on role, you know, then that key role on staff. I had, I could never have imagined being in that role, and you know, I gave up my master's in education with my previous career, and then God provided a full ride scholarship. To seminary to equip me for ministry. And so when God calls you to ministry, he will equip you and provide all that you need. Because I that was one of my excuses, you know, Lord, I am I am gifted in this area. I have 10 years of experience, I have a master's in, in, in education. And but he said, Lay it all down. I have something else for you. And so and then he just provided in amazing ways. And so, um, you know, and as I participated in care groups, you know, as someone who needed the healing, and then he asked me to lead the, the care groups and then supervise the care groups. And I firmly believe it made me a much better leader because I knew what hurting people needed. Mm-hmm. i very keenly aware. And that is exactly the time when the Lord planted in my heart to someday write a book To help people continue growing on their faith journey after the care group. And it's like a bridge to the small group, you know, how to kind of mainstream back into life again once you've been, you know, you've gone through uh, trauma. And so, um, and then Christ empowered me to forgive the unforgivable before I could lead and teach others to do the same. Mm And the Holy Spirit helped me to face my own fears that were debilitating so I could lead others to, to choose faith over fear. And so I witnessed firsthand how God can restore what has been taken from us. Second Corinthians 1, 4 through 5 says, he comforts us in all of our troubles so we can comfort others. When others are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. Isn't that a beautiful verse?
0: I, just I love
1: that. That is redemption, full circle, yeah, right it's
0: there, right? It's that all is the pain, All the pain is worth it because you, what Jesus does for us in that moment and yeah. that process of healing from that pain, that comfort that He gives us, we're able to pour it out to others. It's like, okay, this is not a loss, this is yes. a gain,
1: this is a win, yes. Absolutely. And you know, there lies the victory because when we don't allow God to use it for his glory, Satan wins. When we surrender it and say, Lord, use it whatever way you see fit, God is glorified. We have victory. The saints are helped. People are thrown a lifeline. You know, it is remarkable, the ripple effect that when we surrender that pain, oh, there's a great harvest that comes out of that. So I, every single heartache and, and hardship that I have overcome, you know, has and will continue to be redeemed and used for God's glory. Tonight,
0: I love that. Uh, just such a great example of how God will take such loss and trauma in our lives. And teach us through that to suffer well, to grieve well, to allow him in and to heal us. I mean, all the things that we were too busy with our careers, impressing people with, you know? And then this is the real deal, what he's doing here. I love that. Wow.
1: And you know, the world is always watching. We call ourselves Christians, right? And so we are Christians. You know so they watch us even closer yeah so when we go through adversity when we go through trials we go through suffering when we go through health issues um they watch and we have such an opportunity to be a witness for jesus because when it's different they want to know why
0: exactly fragrant and that's the piece is the pain without jesus we can't process that Mm -mm. Any sort of healthy, redemptive way, and so for them to see that, Mm it's wow, that's different. Mm -hmm. Not used Mm -hmm. to seeing that response,
1: right?
0: Wow. Yes. Okay, so that that was just a great, what a perfect story that just uh, really encapsulates. I'm sure a lot of what's in your story and what's in your book and how God worked. Mm -hmm. But I want to ask you this question. You describe the Holy Spirit as your spiritual hiking guide. Yes. Explain how this has been true in your life and then perhaps provide some encouragement for those who may be ready to begin climbing their own personal
1: mountains. Yes. The Holy Spirit has been with me in my deepest valleys and my highest mountaintops. And honestly, I can't imagine trying to navigate This life without his wisdom, guidance, comfort, and direction, you know, the Holy Spirit is my compass. He is my true north, and he enables me to survive and thrive despite my circumstances because he is the one who is directing my steps. I'll give you an example of this truth. So when I climbed Mount Marcy, which is the highest uh, of the 46 high peaks in the Adirondack Mountains of northern New York, I knew I knew that it was going to be a metaphorical lesson for me. And so when I started training and sharing with others my plans to hike Mount Marcy, I had plenty of doubters telling me it was too difficult and it would be unwise. You know, I had surgery the previous year and was I really ready for it? A lot of doubters. I had to shake off the doubters and the messages of fear and still move forward in faith. And the Holy Spirit helped me do that. And so, our hiking team uh, included my brother, Stephen, and my uh, longtime friend, Michelle. And we got up before the crack of dawn, and our excitement was palpable. We took, uh, we wanted to memorialize this event. So, we took a photo with our arms flexed and our backpacks and, you know, our smiles from ear to ear. And um, so, we have that moment captured. And so, just before we left our lake house, my mother gave me a handful of Advil to keep in my pocket, just in case. And my father handed my brother a flashlight with the just in case. And you know, the Holy Spirit knew what gear we would need that day. And we were like, oh, we won't need this. We'll be back before it's, you know, the, the sun sets. <laughs> and oh, thank God we took those things, I have to say. So the Holy Spirit used my parents to provide the gear we needed. So we hit the trail a little after eight o'clock and we made our way over suspended boat bridges, mountain streams, and we hiked deeper into the forest. And the Holy Spirit reminded me that I should have brought my hiking poles, but I dismissed that thought and those promptings when I was at the car. And I would greatly regret that decision later in the day. So our spirits remained high despite the fact that Michelle lost all of her water with a leaky Nalgene bottle. It was pouring rain, it was cold, oh. you know, it did not dampen our spirits. We still had, you know, high spirits were still fired up to summit the mountain. And, and it was interesting because there was a thick cloud covering that had come down in the rain. So we really couldn't see anything on our way up. But it was as if the Lord synchronized our summit, Mount Marcy with the sun bursting through the dark clouds yeah. and the intense sunlight just bathed the mountains, just draping all over them, illuminating all the 46ers all around us. Everywhere we turn, you could see 46ers as far as the eye could see. And it just made the whole vertical climb worth it. The summit is always the always worth it the process the journey is too yeah but the summit is really the the capstone so after our lunch break we you know ate at the top of the you know top of the mountain summit and our muscles began to get stiff from hikers fatigue and when i stood up my right knee was tender and swollen and i must have unknowingly overextended it when i had to scramble up the rock face at the very top and I sure wish I had my hiking poles. I wish I had listened to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> um, however, the full extent of the damage wasn't evident until I, until I started the descent, it uses different muscles. And so with every step, it was excruciatingly painful. And prior to that time, I had never hurt my knee. I had never had an injury on my, my legs, on my knee. And so I was thankful that my friend had a mace nice bandage that she wrapped and my brother took my pack got me a stick from the woods. And, um, you know, we were joking and laughing all the way down. I was taking it pretty slow, though. I had to. But um, it it turned a more serious tone when our water supply dried up, because we were sharing, because Michelle lost all our water on the way up. So, and then the daylight hours began to wane. And um, so Michelle initiated laying her hands on my my knee, and she prayed for the Holy Spirit's power to strengthen me and to bring healing, and miraculously the pain did greatly subside, and, and that just eased my mobility and my speed down the rest of the way. Well, we're we're all exhausted and dangerously dehydrated as we hiked the last two miles in pitch black darkness of night. It felt like an eternity. I mean, you mm-hmm. literally not seeing, you know, your hand in front of you. It's that black, that dark wow. out. And it was a struggle for us not to succumb to fear because we're dehydrated, we're disoriented, we're all of a sudden we got turned around, and thank God for Dad's flashlight. (laughs) It's a little tiny flashlight, but still, you know, we could use it to to when we finally saw some signage, and um, Stephen recognized a certain part of the trail, and so we did make our way back to the car. But I'll tell you, we before that we you know when we couldn't find our way. And some of us wanted to backtrack and some of us wanted to keep moving forward. And we prayed and we asked the Holy Spirit for his wisdom and for his guidance. And thankfully, we just moved forward. And we did end up making it to the car. But it was quite a journey. And so there was a four of us hiking that day. It was my brother, you know, Stephen, Michelle, myself, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And he was our guide at every turn. Mm. So this story describes how the Holy Spirit helped me climb the highest mountain in the Adirondacks, but I assure you He has helped me climb many personal mountains: friendship betrayal, job loss, divorce, death of a loved one. That's just the name of a few. There's quite a few more. And so, for the listeners who are ready to start climbing their own personal mountains, it begins with a dangerous prayer for God to search your heart. And to point out anything that needs to be healed or changed. And then you ask him to remind you of his great love for you so that you will, and and to strengthen your trust muscles through his promises and his word. And then, and then you can move forward in faith and press on past the boulders with relentless hope that will help you reach the summit of redemption. Mm -hmm. And that we can be victorious overcomers in Christ, right? It's possible. Amen. So as we wrap this up,
0: the um, just give us one or two tips or tools that will help our listeners remember that he really is faithful. He really is going to bring something good out of this, even Mm -hmm. as bad as it is. Mm -hmm. How how can you uh, give us an idea what strategies we can use to really remember
1: that mm-hmm. yeah well there's more tips than i have time so <laughs> okay I'll, I'll start with a short a short story short one with a few takeaway tips so a few years ago i had an opportunity of a lifetime to see one of the seven wonders of the world my friends and i hiked into a place um called the treasury building in petra jordan this is the one that's in the raiders of the lost ark you know if you remember that that whole scene it's literally a, a gorgeous facade carved out of the stone. And uh, when we were there, we learned there was a monastery carved out of rock at the top of the mountain. So of course we had to go. And I debated whether we sh- whether I should climb the mountain because I had been suffering for months with unpredictable abdominal pain, which I later had to have surgery for. But I really didn't want to miss a li- an opportunity of a lifetime, an adventure. Mm-hmm. So the vertical incline was very steep. And there were stone steps all the way up the mountain and we were probably three quarters of the way up. Um, and it seemed like hours to get there and the entire time I was worried, did I make the wrong decision? Am I going to trigger the pain? Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, how am I going to get off the mountain if it starts? And I was missing everything. So when we stopped, at three quarters of the way up the mountain and it was a, it was a lookout. You know, I was kind of bent over, getting my, catching my breath. And when I stood up, it just took my breath away. It was the most stunning beauty of the majestic mountains and jagged rocks that I've ever seen to this day for as far as the eye could see. I mean, it was stunning contrast of color and light and, It was just exquisite. And the Holy Spirit whispered in my spirit and said, when you are so focused on your own pain, you miss all the beauty I have created for you to enjoy. Mm. Immediately, I was humbled with conviction and I prayed for God to forgive me and to help me see that he's with me always. And so this lesson is true for all of our life circumstances. For us to persevere, we need to focus on our healer Instead of our pain. Mm. And so when we meditate on our personal pain, our thoughts keep the evil that was done to us alive. Mm.
0: Powerful. Say that again.
1: When we meditate on our personal pain, our thoughts keep the evil that was done to us alive. And sadly, it keeps us stuck in our brokenness because it consumes our thought life. It holds our hearts captive and it derails us from our destiny. So how do we handle our emotions around injustices and suffering? We need to trust in God who is both judge and jury and we are not. Psalm 8914 says, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Love and faithfulness go before you. Isn't that beautiful? Mm, I it's love such that a beautiful visual. That's who we worship. That is the God that we worship. And so when we start focusing on our healer, his character that we find in his word, we will finally have the strength to move forward. And so, my friends, arise and embrace courageous faith. God will amaze us with plans that are far better than we could ever dare to to hope or imagine. And so as we release the past pain and embrace a future filled with hope, we will be amazed at what he does. And one of my, my life verse, one of them, is Ephesians 2.10. We are God's masterpiece, and he's created us for good works that he planned long ago. Mm-hmm. And so when I think of a masterpiece, I think of a mosaic. I think of and mosaics are broken pieces of, of shattered glass or ceramic. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, who can affix them all together, he can create you know, a mosaic, a, p- a picture that is far more beautiful than we could ever imagine. So we need to trust him with all the broken pieces mm. and that he will redeem it. He will use it and he will make it beautiful again.
0: Mm. Amen and amen. Okay, so if we've got some listeners today who just say, I want to connect with Sharon, where do they do that? Where social media, your website, What what's the best place for them to find you?
1: Sure. I'm on Facebook and Instagram. So Sharon Eleanor Todd author. And then uh, I have a website at SharonEleanorTodd.com. Perfect. Well, it has just been delightful to
0: have this conversation with you. We could have gone on for another hour. It was so, <laughs> I mean, I just love um, your, uh, just the wisdom God's given you through Praise God. your intentional stewarding of that pain Mm -hmm. so god bless your ministry i'm excited Mm -hmm. to see what he does with this story and just Mm -hmm. all that god has done in your life and how that will minister to others so god Mm -hmm. bless you
1: god uses it all doesn't he amen never waste the pain not not a single tear amen thank you Athena. god bless you god bless you too
0: Well, thanks so much for joining us today for the All Things Podcast, brought to you by Romans 828 Bookstore and Redemption Press. If today's episode encouraged you, we would love to have you share it with your friends on social media and maybe even leave a review on Apple. That will help the algorithms get us up higher to the top when people are searching for podcasts that can bring them hope and encouragement. So thanks again for joining us today, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Bye for now.